This is a song about being happy. That's right. It's the happy, happy, joy, joy song. Happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy, joy, Ben Simmons. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Well, hey, welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 28. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, basically for the new guys and girls out there, is two blokes that have been getting together for, I don't know, known each other for 30 odd years have been getting together in at lunch in the city for uh, about five or so years to just get and talk about everything to do with the AFL with a heavy heavy bias on the bombers um hey Scott how are you feeling this week mate I'm feeling fantastic um <laughs> it's been such a different feel this weekend uh, I love when the Bombers win. I really do. Oh man, it makes for such an such a happier, such an easier podcast. Yes, I mean, uh, our, our probably a recent podcast where I made that statement, and just a reminder that yeah, I, I'm I'm well and truly okay. And Scotty's happy. okay. <laughs> and and uh, but thanks for all the concerns for my welfare, <laughs> which were totally sort of not what he had in mind, right? Like that no. was that was just a like a, a quiet, serious podcast that kind of sounded depressed. Yes, <laughs> but look, it's been. Uh, oh, look, I, I'm not going to even um, fudge to, or tell any lies. I was genuinely shocked on how oh. we came out. Uh, I thought we might put in a better effort, but we were like insane with our pressure that's the best i've seen in a good long time yeah i i can't remember it was the closest to four quarters of pressure i've seen for a long time and i realized the last 10 minutes there's a little bit of junk time goals but that's that i that really didn't bother me as much but it was just to see our guys play like that and you know that is without danahar and hurley and and some you know some all australians so to see Jordan Ridley have twenty five possessions oh, and seven marks, our and official man here at the uh, at the last time we've up. been prumping him, and I'm so glad he backed us up. Um, but look, we'll cover a lot more about the game. Yeah, this is going to be one of those good ones where we can actually start to talk a bit about the the players from each <laughs> position, start to back, without having to sort of say, "Look, we're not going to do a review because they were bad front to back." <laughs> yes. But this time we can sort of we can have a bit of a chat about it. Yeah, and we look. Th- there's no doubt. There was a huge change in our organisation on the field, our structures, um, and that's what we've been calling for a long, long, long time. Uh, And it just made such a huge difference. The fact that, you know, and we're winning, I think we're like 30 to 21 winning in stoppages and and, and tackles being almost winning by 25 or 30. We just hunted the ball we were set up really well. Our forwards remained in the forward line. Oh. Um, so we had people to kick to. McKernan came just out of nowhere and played one probably his best game for the club. Jumping boots on, like just presented really well, um, was athletic. He's, he's, he's always had talent, that boy. Yeah, so everything went well. Um, 
it's just was yeah, it was just a, an incredible game to watch. Uh, big big <laughs> game coming up to back it up with GWS. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later about how the club responded after the game because I really want to dissect more into that because I found it very interesting. Yep. But hey, what we're gonna do? We just thought, hey, let's talk about forward, mid, and back, and just yep. and just start going through the highlights in each position and or, or sorry each area of the ground. So look, we start with the forward line. For me, this is me personally, I thought Fantasia was really critical for this now, game. You said Fantasia's the difference, right? Like, yeah. in, for the side, and especially in the forward line. What do you mean by that? Well, I've been, I mean, I've obviously been hoping Fantasia can come in a bit earlier than he has. And he, just the amount of class he has. I mean, he had eight tackles. He's just his pressure. He had two goals, 18 possessions. He just does so much for the side. And I can see why he's been put on the leadership group. He he does show a lot of leadership on the ground, um, despite maybe missing Laverde. <laughs> running yeah, into uh, him. not despite maybe missing him. <laughs> he missed a wide open Jaden Laverde. But that's okay. But he look, he does so much for the side. He, he's just an elite player, elite forward, rovering, mid, medium-sized player. Do you know what I love? Do you know what I love about him? And I've noticed it over the few weeks that he's played this year is that his body language is exceptional too. Yeah. Right? His body language on the field is always positive, always moving quickly, always going for high fives, pointing out people to do something good. He's yep. got really good body language, which I like. Yeah. And speaking of body language, I thought Jake Stringer had a, a, just a body language. I thought yep. the intensity around the ball. Now, not many people would have seen this, so I hope this is interesting to people who weren't at the game. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how many people saw this who were at the game. There was just a moment at the end of the first quarter, and I think a goal had been scored. And Jade Stringer actually went up to Gary Ablett and started absolutely sledging him. And then sort of grabbing his jumper and just, it was like out of nowhere. And just letting mm. him know that he's in for hell. And I was like, what have we been calling for for ages? Because people keep telling me we don't have the makeup of a side that, you know, yeah. that, that does that kind of tough things. And, yep. you know, you couldn't have wiped the smile off my face because no, I, I wanted to be, I start wanting to be in some teams' faces and start saying, you're going to be in for a long day. Yeah. Uh, and Ablett, you know, he was he was as quiet as all get out. So, And, and that's the thing, that, that kind of attitude throughout the entire um the entire team had that same kind of vicious, when you're not yeah. hunting the ball, hunting the player kind of attitude. That... Yeah, yeah. Even the um, crunching tackle by Heppel on Joel Selwood. Yep. I mean, he really crunched out him. of nowhere. And that's not really a Heppel type move. But I just oh, Zachy just... Merritt's tackle on um, Ablett. on Ablett as well. Yeah, I mean, really. And then yeah. the hand on the shoulder for the push up as well. Man, I I love the fact that I mean Kevin Sheedy made that quote. I love that Essendon played. Like uh, John Worsfold used yeah. to play, that and that was true, man. Like well, uncompromising, vicious kind of footy. Which we is good. we did some to Ablett that teams are doing to Zach Merritt, and it's nice for us to turn the tables exactly a bit. Exactly right. And um, it was a hundred and eighty degree turnaround, man. Hundred and eighty yeah. degrees from where we've been just recently um, to to play like that. It was I, I I couldn't get to the game. I had something I got to go to, but um, I was sat there. I was watching it last night, and. When, when the game started, Scotty said, you're in for a treat, right? So I'm watching the game. And the, when the game started, I, I, I had my mouth wide open for two straight quarters. Like, 
I I just couldn't believe the attack on the ball. And then the hand skills that have been bad and the foot skills that have been bad were spot on. Yep. There were confident people kicking the ball confidently to players. So I, I can't believe the difference. Now, moving on to the next boy, Jimmy Stewart. Now, Jimmy Stewart, I think, is... I don't think he's... He's starting to become not underrated anymore. I think he... He presented all night. He's he's quick. He's tall. He gave us that target. And as you said earlier, man, we had forward structure. Yeah. When at when Saad looked up, there was something to kick to. When the midfield won a possession, when they turned left or turned right, there was someone down there to look at. And Jimmy Stewart was was the tallest one putting his hands up, which were great. Yeah. And look, and on occasions he was double teamed. And he just gave a lot of effort to make sure the ball hit the ground. The contest. Yeah. Yep. And that was that was kind of the spirit of the whole forward group. That bags. That did it. if the ball went in the air, do what you can because our rovers in the forward line were really on. And hello um, Waller. And hello Waller. Hello Bagley. Um, and yeah, so we did everything to get the ball to the ground. And I, look, I want to speak on Mark Bagley a bit, and I'll, I'll speak on Waller soon. Yeah. Um, I was really, really proud of Mark Bagley. Look, we on this show have probably thought he might get admitted or we wouldn't be surprised if he's been admitted. Yeah. He proved us wrong. And you love, we personally love players that prove us wrong. We're not one that's, you know, has any pride or oh, like, Especially oh. Bags. I've got the yeah. world's greatest man crush he's such a He's such a club man. Yeah. Uh, and his effort, like that, that effort on the outer wing, um, if you're watching, I guess, the TV play, where he was two against one. One arm he, up, he left gets, arm. Yeah, he gets the ball to the ground. The ball bounces up. He somehow gets a hand on it. And not just that, the hand gets... He taps it towards Waller to running advantage. past. Yeah. To advantage, if you don't mind. Ends up passing it to Fantasia. Fantasia goal. Just a critical play Yep. Um, that actually gave us... Uh, you know, that kind of lead from the late high 30s to the 40s where you really are thinking yeah, we're going to win the game. a long way back. And you know, the, the thing about Bags that I loved as well is that, and I, I think the club looked after Bags this week yep. because it wasn't, the, the opposition midfield wasn't streaming through the midfield, bombing the ball onto Bags' head every five minutes with yep. repeat entries, repeat entries, where they kept, they they uncontested could kick it to their to Bags' forwards um, advantage. They the the forward entries were like Essendon's been doing for the last four or five weeks. Yeah. The forward entries were were crossing across their body. They were predictable. They could see it coming. And Bags has been destroying those kind of full inside fifties for 10, 11 years or however long he's been there. So Bags looked like a great player because he, he he still is, and he's maybe he's not as as young as springtime no more. But I mean the the midfield and the rest of the team's pressure really allowed yeah. him to get the best of his opponents. Well, have a look at these numbers though. Uh well, you can't see it, it's in front of my screen. Yeah, Sorry. It's, it's actually your it's podcast. A, it's, it's not a visual medium, dude. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but look, I'm looking at the tackles. Fantasia, eight tackles. Bagley, seven tackles. Stringer, seven tackles. Waller, six tackles. Stewart, four tackles. An yeah. enormous effort from yep. our forwards to keep the ball locked in. Yep. And every time Geelong tried to get out of our forwards, 
area. It was under so much pressure. They had Waller hanging they off. Were kick, they were, how many, what, three or four times they kicked out on the full or just kicked and a turnover? season footballers down there look real bad in, in Geelong. Did. That kind of pressure, man. Like, they, it just shows you. It doesn't matter. if They had one of the best midfields in the comp in danger, Selwood and Ablett, and none of them could get going. Because no. the second they touched the ball, they got hammered. Yeah, it was just... When you talk about team efforts, this is it. And even from from the people who you think didn't have much of the ball, and I'll talk about Laverde. Even those guys just put in a lot of effort, a lot of pressure. Everyone had this at least the same mindset. You're always going to have some players just not getting the ball as much as others. And but if everyone has the same mindset, and we'll talk about Clark in a similar light yep. when we talk about the midfields. If everyone has the same mindset as a team, that pressure does wonders. So I, I'm just proud of the whole six. That- Hugely. 180 degree turnaround. Couldn't have been prouder for three and a half bloody quarters of football. Incredible. So um, we'll go on to the midfield. Who, who did you like in the midfield? Mate, it's it's the one and only Mr. D. Smith. Devin Smith, man. Like, he, 10 tackles. Like, come on. The guy's a machine. He's gonna he's breaking records left and right. He's clearly the best of the big three that came to us this year. Um, GWS should dead set be just hanging their heads in shame that that bloke came to them a dozen times and said, I'm a midfielder, I want to play in the mid. And they just labelled him as a as a small forward. You can probably do that when you've got half a dozen number one draft picks floating around in your side. But um, Devin Smith has embraced Essendon. You, again, you can tell it with his body language. Yeah. Like he's, he's embraced Essendon. He is putting in bulk hard work. Absolutely bulk hard work. And it is paying off in spades. Adrian Dodoro, you are a legend. Um, so, yeah, Devin Smith, another incredible game. Well, since the introduction of, of measuring pressure points in, in defensive pressure points... Watch this stat. Ready? Watch this stat. This is a If you name stat. the top 10 in Essendon history, Devin Smith now has four games in the top 10. Boom. Pretty much four in the top seven. So it's pretty insane that in his first year, he's led by that example. That's what you call uh, getting acknowledgement and recognition from your teammates for a first-year player. Absolutely. Just brilliant stuff. Leading the BNF, no doubt in my mind. Easily, easily, with the great number on his back and all. Now, I want to talk about a guy that we mention all the time. Uh, and we say, give this kid a chance. Give this kid continuity. Give, this kid a give him six weeks in a row, and that's Cole Langford. Now he played seventy-five percent of the game, and sometimes these stats are actually important because even Dylan Clark played sixty-nine percent of the game. Sometimes a coach has certain midfielders that are are off the ground for long periods of time, yep. where Heppel might be more in the ninety percent, you know, um, allocation. So Langford's played seventy-five percent of the game. He's led the side in clearances. He's almost led the side in contested possessions. And he's had eight tackles and and 16 disposals. That's if, that's a lot of work. If that's not... Again, one against one of the best midfields in the comp. Yes. If that's not evidence enough that this kid needs an extended period of time in the midfield, then I don't know what is. I don't, he should just go home, put his feet up after that game and go, well, that's it. And it was if, nice, yeah. It was nice. Sorry, sorry to get you off. That's right. Uh, it, it was nice to hear Hurdy on, on his wonderful podcast. Yep. Uh, even mention and sort of single out Kyle Langford on those kind of acts. And, and, and even he mentioned he was hoping he, he can get some more goes. I think that's where it's at. I think the, the kid, the club gave him number four on the back. Like, For a reason. Own it. Like, he, he's got to play some more. Uh, look, we said last week the most... Well, I did, sorry. <laughs> I, I'll never claim what you're... No, 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 mate. I'm right behind you. Right behind you. That the most important player at Essen is Zach Merritt. 
if there's no more evidence for me, that's personally me, than this game when he doesn't he didn't get tagged. Well, actually they tried to tag him a little bit. He just he just broke it very easily. He's 32 possessions and major there tackles. Is. There it is. But his kicking to advantage is elite. Like he sets up some kicks where it really does set up the whole offensive move over the ground. Yep. Uh he is so important to this side. And if look, if he can find some form, you will see a different incident. This is—I just have no doubt. No, I, I, I just rate him he's too as good our best midfielder personally. I rate him as our best oh, midfielder, easily, uh, and, and one of the comps best. I mean, yeah. even if you look, you look at the Brownlow votes the last two years. You know, he's in the top ten. Yep. So we need that elite status, and I, I'm really proud of Zaharakis. Um, really playing a great game. I think he's really upped his pressure this year, yep. which, which has been good. I thought the captain was pretty special in, in this game. Heppel, I thought he probably had the most pressure put on him. And what I liked is that he approached the, the younger guys during the week and almost almost gave an apology um, to the younger players on behalf of the leaders of the club and said that we haven't shown you a good enough example. And I thought that's a really good leadership, and, and McGrath was talking about it on the weekend, saying that how much he appreciated that. And I thought that was a really big step for Heppel. He's always had a little bit in question of recent time with, with fans and a few others about his leadership style. And I thought in the last fortnight, there's something that's just clicked a bit more where he is, he's really developed as quite a strong leader, and he's been a lot more um, upfront. Visible. Yeah. Visible, a bit more blunt in his message, yeah. to be honest. Too, I mean, he was the one calling for kids to come into the side. Remember, yep. So whether Wisher liked it or not, he, he wanted he wanted changes. So I, I was really proud of him. I thought that was the best he's played this year. Like his his ball usage was much better. Yeah, yeah the know. other thing too. I mean, like with with Heppel in there doing the best he can. I mean, the man tries. Everybody knows that. But when you've got Zarakis with 30 possessions and Merritt with 30 possessions. Yeah. Heppel just becomes cream. Like he becomes, yeah. he doesn't have to do the the massive amount of grunt work. He, he just becomes the cream on top. And then you, you chuck Devin Smith in there as well. Yeah. And look out, we've got a half decent midfield. We've got a couple of A graders in, um, in Zarakis or performing on that night, A graders in uh, Merritt and Zarakis. And then you've got great. Uh, Next tier downs with Heppel and and Devon Smith and Co. It yeah. just it, it makes all the difference um, to the how well Heppel plays. In that you, you're looking at Zach every two minutes, going this is great, and then Geelong's got to deal with Heppel as well. It he's a he's a very visible guy. He's got a visible do. He's a visible person, and for him to and the and the beard. <laughs> and he's to get those kind of possessions and be at the bottom of packs is really inspirational for the club. So hugely yep. stoked for him. And look, there's, there was one play I should mention um, for people at the the ground. I I, I sit on on the on the very bottom of the third tier at the G. Just I like to be a strategic kind of view. Uh, so there was one play where Geelong were sort of attacking and coming down the outer wing, and and Hepper was on the other wing. And he realized where the ball was going to end up around about the 50 or 30 meter mark of the Geelong area. And he sprinted 75 meters, like really gut running. And I was watching it. I was going, oh, wow, he's going for it. And he got to that contest and eventually the ball was kicked there. The ball hit the ground and he actually 
the Geelong guy actually beat his opponent, and naturally he would have been free. But because Heppel actually did that sprint, he turned around, and then Heppel actually was there to surprise him with a heavy tackle, yep. and, and we was a turnover of the ball. And that's you know, a TV doesn't pick up that kind of play, but that's just an example of how well we were switched on and how much that was more of a Richmond style of attacking the yep. way we did. Oh, and boy. Can we just keep doing it? <laughs> uh, mate, but there, yes. there'll be, and this, that's that's the next. Unfortunately, yes. the next challenge for the club is yep. that you now know, as a club, with some guys missing, that you can perform like that yes. against a good side in Geelong and against a good midfield. It's whether or not we can keep it up now. Yep. Because I tell you what, after the amount of bodies that I saw flying around, there will be some sore Essendon boys today, right? Because they threw themselves at the ball, they threw themselves yep. at the opponents. They got hammered by um, Tomahawk and those enormous monsters. So it's whether or not they can um, they can turn it around. And seven yeah, day break, they should be able. To that's, yeah, but that's the thing is that now you just got to do that mental thing again. Where yeah. and and the, the interviews after the game sort of illustrated the fact that they just kept saying, "Nah, no, nah, mate, we're 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 three and six. We're 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 not anywhere near um, going to take it lightly." So that's that's hugely encouraging to see from the club. So. Um, yeah, really, really looking forward to next week and what they can perform. Yep. And look, w- w- not to mention um, too much more, but Guelphie did his role, um, kicked his first goal on footy. Okay. Great to see the guys get around him. He's his... doing okay. Yeah. And, and look, Dylan Clark, obviously, you know, he didn't star or anything like that. But again, he still... It's hard to explain, but he still did all the one percenters really well. He was blocking for players, shepherding, tackling... That's and that's what you still want that attitude from a kid. Look, it is Joel Selwood, Dangerfield, and Ablett. Let's so yeah, don't, don't don't forget that everybody. So it's his first game. He'll he'll improve greatly from that. But I still liked his mindset. He was still doing the hard things, and, and so I'll I'll have that any time because we won't previously. Uh, we were getting low possessions and not doing hard things. So yeah, exactly right. I still liked his mindset, but it's time. Look, we're going to break things up. Uh, we will talk about the back line soon. But as you know, we always uh, love our sponsors. We, we've got a new sponsor this week. Did have I tell you that? a new sponsor? Yeah, we've got a new sponsor this week. It's a, it's a great new sponsor. We're really happy to have them on board. So I uh, once again, I, I'm intrigued about this sponsor. I'm just a, a never, little bit scared. <laughs> always a little bit scared. Uh, and uh, yes, God help me. Here's our sponsor for the week. Are you a senior AFL coach? Are your press conferences going too long because of stupid, loaded questions from journalists? Then come on down to John Worsfold's school of how to respond to the media. Try our patented eight-week course, where each week you'll learn a new skill that will have journalists having to answer more questions than you. Here's a sneak peek of one of John's masterclasses. Encompassing, but I mean, the coach's box was mentioned, but it was it was also mentioned that as... By whom? Well... It has been mentioned. By whom? Well, in the media. So By whom? Well, everyone that's everyone. involved, yeah. So who? Uh, well, obviously no one, club, no one from the club question? Well, the, it was to do with communication. Um, what's I mean, your question? The, is there communication as, at, to the standard that you would like? Between whom? Between the coaches. No, yeah, it's all, all good. Wow. Powerful stuff. Thanks, John. So come on down to John Worsfold's School of How to Respond to the Media where AFL coaches are made and journalists learn lessons. And as usual, I have no idea what to say to that. Uh, I 
genuinely surprised with the sponsor this week. Thank you, John Worsfold, for being a fan of the show. Absolutely. John Worsfold School of How to Respond to the Media. Great new sponsor for the uh, for the podcast. They'll be they'll be with us for a long time. Anyway, I digress. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're back now. We're going to look at the back line, yeah? Yeah, well, let's have a look at the back line. All right. How can we go past the famous number 14? Uh, the famous number 14. The Sam exactly Monaghan right. legendary Sam, Exactly right. Number. Sam would just be smiling right about it, now. He'd be loving it. He'd yeah. be loving it. Uh, Mr. Ridley, we've been calling it for weeks. And the talented Mr. Ridley. Yes. Mr. Ridley. Oh, yeah, I like it. Yeah, no, like it. Uh, 25 possessions, 7 marks. Fantastic debut. Like he's been playing for 10 years. It literally, it, I reckon he had eight minutes of nerves at the start of the game. And after that, he played like a 50-game player. And we'll give him eight minutes. So it was a little bit weird to see him in the second and third quarter being so cool under pressure. And I mean, he, if you can sidestep Gary Ablett and take on the game and take a bounce... In, <laughs> in your first game? And then... Uh, then you're doing okay. Now, you have said for a very long time that there's a player in that kid. Yeah. And that he's smooth and that like he's yeah. got a left boot and everything. But you were telling me before, before the podcast, you were saying that he's that's only about 25% of Todd Ridley. Like, he's he's got a... <laughs> Todd Ridley. Of oh, Todd Ridley. Jeez, I did it again. It's, oh, it Jordan, is 25% Jordan of Todd Ridley. Ridley. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, he's not even quite Todd. Thank you, Todd. Um, uh, 25% of the man, considering how much else he's got to offer. Well, like, yeah, I mean... Even even with kicking, he was at his eighty percent um, uh, disposal efficiency at the game. But he's kicking. You'll see in the games to come when he's even getting in more into AFL that he has a really elite kick and, and can set up quite damaging attacks. So uh, look out, folks! This kid is going places. Yep. Uh, player of the game. As nominated after the game, Cal Hooker, just a sensational game. Man. Uh, he, there is a reason he was All-Australian in yeah, defence. If, if, if Cal Hooker's a half-decent forward, he is an All-Australian defender. Yeah. He's a close to very, very good All-Australian forward, but he's a lock-in All-Australian. Absolutely. He was just sensational. Look, when the game was was hot, I, I realised what happened in the last sort of 10 minutes, but when the game was hot, he dominated that whole, that whole back line, yep. and, and 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 even he admits though, and I I actually believe it's totally correct that so much of his game elevated because of the midfield pressure. Absolutely, and, and that was key. He got more so, time. That's the thing. The yep. the defenders get more time because the ball's not running through the middle at a million miles an hour, kicking it to the to the um to the forwards, and the forwards are talented nowadays. Like they it's really tough that if the ball's kicked not to your um, uh, not to your advantage or to the the forwards' advantage, it is bloody hard to yep. to continually uh, mark the ball or spoil the ball. So yep. the pressure going through the midfield allowed um, Kyle Hooker to do exactly what he's employed for and what he is best at: intercept marking. And it was it was absolutely brilliant to see him yep. back. Look, and the two speedsters, Adam Saad and Connor McKenna. Yep. They were really on point. Like they Hugely. were, they were fantastic. Like Adam Saad was really exciting to watch. He, he, that's the that's the most I've seen him sort of take the game on uh, physically as well as speed. Yeah. Uh, he was he was just a 
He was electric, actually. And I actually thought our three recruits was the first game where all three yeah. had big impacts on yeah, the game. Yeah, I agree. So that was exciting, and I'm sure Totoro was very excited because he was probably a little bit nervous. <laughs> uh, but it was exciting to see. And, and look, Connor McKenna is yeah, just... Connor. It's just grown so much in a short amount of time. The man looks like a proper AFL footballer now. Seriously, yeah. like I was, I was watching him really closely whenever he touched the ball. And Connor was was has always been quick, and he's always had a decent sidestep and stuff. But I'm watching Connor now when the ball's around the midfield and stuff. He's starting to get a bit of midfield craft about him, a bit of yeah. knowing where to run and 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 waiting a second or two. He always used to just get the ball and dispose of it pretty quickly if he doesn't run with it. Um, but he's starting to have a couple of seconds to stop and think about things. Exactly. And I'm very impressed. And his kicking skills are now brilliant. Like he's hitting targets 30, 40 metres away with opposition players around him. Like he's and got he's had, confidence. He's had two shots on goal. I know he hits one goal, one behind. But yeah. uh, he's, he's getting dangerously up the ground. And they really like to use him on the run because he's a great kick for goal too. Absolutely, so he's just, got fifty meters in his boot too. Just a, a great pickup for the club. I love those plays where you get for nothing for two fifths of bugger all. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, look, the, I guess the the last kind of couple of guys, are role players, I kind of call them, and Matty D all day, however you like to say, it, and um, Ambrose perfectly did their job, did their role. Um, it'll be very. As we wrap that up, it'll be very, very interesting to see how we go at the selection table on Thursday. Uh, yeah. There's a, there's a hint that Hurley might be available, and there's a hint that McGrath might be available. And it's just like, Where I'm do you nervous. put Paddy Ambrose? Yeah, where do you put these guys that come in? I mean, even Wusher talked about Myers being available. And I was a little bit nervous. And I like Myers, but I was a little bit nervous going, oh, I'm not sure this is the week to bring him in um, because I, I, I wouldn't want to punish too many guys. No, you, you can't drop um, Guelphie or like Clark no. deserves another game or something like that. Like, well, yeah, I mean, half the reason I feel like there was a lot of energy was the introduction of youth. Yeah. And I think sometimes you have to understand that. So I, I hope we're bold again. Look, if Michael Hurley's available and McGrath, you've got to... Uh, yeah, yeah, there is no question. So I, I don't know song. how you do that. There's some plays that are just, you know, they're, they're, your, they're your stars. So, and, sorry, here's a question for you along that same line. Yeah. Um, Joey D's feeling better. Does Sean McKernan just go straight back out? I don't know. I don't know. That, uh, that's that's the hard yeah. thing, man, because Sean, his, his, his issue has always been consistency and he could quite literally have six possessions next week. All but... I will say is if Joe Danaher's fit, which is probably after the break, he plays. Oh, my, I'm, I'm pretty sure that there's nobody in that side I would drop without bringing Joey Danaher in. But so... what, what I will say, though, is with Joey D and Hurley and a few guys like that out, is playing some smaller guys... It did give us an element of being able to pressure the ball carrier less a lot more. Less predictability. And less predictability going forward. Yep. We, were, we were lowering our eyes. We were, we were doing some passing into the forward line. Yep. That was a little bit better. So I hope the coaches sort of see that part of Essendon uh, where we've obviously gone in very tall a lot. And I hope they see the little change up, how we went a little bit smaller. And it 
did make us seem quicker across the ground and able to pressure the ball carrier, like I said. And I just thought it looked better, the the makeup of the side. Yep. Just the, the I guess, the the makeup of talls and smalls. Yep. Uh, so, Speaking yeah. of talls and smalls, the guy who can play um, sort of both, what, we haven't mentioned uh, Jaden Laverde. Yeah, we did. Did we? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, okay. It's only been 20 minutes ago. My, my memory's on fire. It was before your What sponsor. did we say about Jaden? Well, we just said that at least a guy like Jaden Laverde was able to put pressure on and, and, and contribute in some okay. way. All right. Good. So, so, and the only look, the only person, which is, which is probably a little bit of a mistake, because I actually thought he was the top five player on the ground, was Brendan Goddard. Uh, there you go. There's someone we haven't mentioned. And, and, and I'll continually say, because I. I'm a big fan, and I'll keep sticking up for him. He's in my best 22 every week. I guarantee. Every week. Yep. I, I never even consider him no way. getting dropped. Uh, and even with the, the no tackles the last two weeks, I think he explained a little bit of that. Uh, and he knows he had to improve in that area. But he's still a leader of the club. Uh, he's still, His not, skills are still elite. Yeah. Well, he, he didn't make a mistake on that way. No. He, he was fantastic. No. Like, and, and like I said, I swear, if, if Brendan Goddard made himself available for to play for another club tomorrow, there'd be eight clubs that would be after him in a heartbeat. Yeah. 18 or 8? Well, just 8 to start off with, but then <laughs> okay. once the once it got up to 10, maybe 12. So, look, um, that's kind of like the team wrap. Yep. Uh, like I said, the selections will be very interesting. What a, One thing I want to talk about is the approach from the club after the game. And in a particular Wush's press conference after the game, and then Channel 9 just mentioning that they found it hard to get players to be interviewed on, on their shows, and, and the club was obviously sort of withdrawing some players, I guess you would say. Uh, they did manage to um, sort of track down Stringer and, and Zach Merritt um, the, the next morning. It was just I just want to show you some clips of how they were um, and how the message seemed to be all the same. There was, to me, a clear directive, not from the marketing team, because they would have really wanted Essendon to, to pump up <laughs> the fans and, and get yeah, some vibe absolutely. going. But I felt the coach had a clear statement to the players after the game behind the doors. And just have a listen to the consistency in this message. Is there a sense of relief after what certainly externally, and you might describe it, appeared to be no. a trying week? No relief? No. Just what, what is the emotion then? Focus on going forward, getting where we want to get to. What, what, what did please you the most because you, you don't seem overly pleased? No, I'm pretty happy. Yep. I'm wrapped. Uh, not really. We know we've got a lot to work on, so... Um, it's only one game, so we know we've got a long way to go. Uh, yeah, I think more the way we play will obviously provide a bit of confidence, but we're still three and six, so we've got a long way to go to make something of this season. But we're just trying to work on things each week and try and improve as much as we can. So as you can see, there's a clear message to me uh, through those comments, and I really, really like it because we are three and six. We've got GWS and Richmond coming up. Our season is very much on the line. Hugely. So we have to get serious. I like the fact that the message is that. I know some people um, thought that our Essendon should do more for the fans and had the players talk. I think the fans are actually a little bit the opposite. I think they're reading us wrong this time. Say, no, actually, we've kind of had a bit of a gut for the way we've played this year. We want them to get serious, concentrate on next week, and put in the same effort. 
And so... D- don't worry about the media so much. Like, don't worry about the media. We're, that's not what we were interested in, right? Access to Dyson Heppel and access to yeah. Devon... I don't, I don't care about that. I want to see the ruthlessness. The ruthlessness that you, Scotty, have yeah. been asking for that lead... That kind of ruthlessness leading to consistent play like that. Exactly. So if that means the players are told to shut up shop and concentrate on football, I'll take that every day of the week. Exactly. So I was lucky enough just to change tack... I was lucky enough to go to both games actually on the weekend. So I went to the VFL game. So I know people always have an interest in the VFL and, and the boys got over the over the line uh, against the Geelong VFL. It, look, it was a fantastic game. Like, really good game. The people who, who, who were there, it was a very intense, hard-fought win. And we were down in the first half um, and Geelong were just a little bit cleaner than us. But uh, I want to talk about something that I found very interesting and 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 um, the VFL president actually pointed it out to me um, after half time. He said, "Hey, Mason Redmond's gonna play as a midfielder for the first time um, after half time. So it'll be interesting how he goes." I thought he changed the game, and this was a real eye opener for me on Mason Redmond in the midfield because he was a bull. He was just running the lines and just bulldozing over guys, running around them tackling pressuring and i believe he had a bit of a sore um achilles as well so i'm hoping he gets up for the next game i'll be interested to see how how he goes but he was fantastic and just the way he moved it really did surprise me i've seen him quite a few times but there was just something in his movement that went oh this is different and he's becoming a different play now so look just for people he is definitely one to watch um and i will have to mention number 30 in the back line Zerk Thatcher my man he is now officially my man he's your man he's got a weird freaky name I love it he's a massive tall beanpole and Zerk Thatcher now that the fridge is out for the year now that fridge is out for the year my former man he will always be my man he's the eastern suburbs bogan but my man is now Zerk Thatcher I'm predicting an AFL game before the end of the year he is a fantastic player (laughs) he's generally surprised uh I hadn't seen him like I saw him in Frankston game and he was okay, but I knew his form had picked up, and so I really wanted to go down and see him again. And um, he was like really eye-opening. I was like, oh, he's really talented. Uh, so he's out. We've got a real backline coming through the ranks. So yep. uh, and 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 I cannot go without mentioning Aaron Francis. Aaron Francis again had a fantastic game. His marking at the moment is 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 two th- is two years ago draft yeah, sort of yeah, yeah. highlight videos um, where we all got excited and went, "Oh, this kid looks good. He looks good." Um, he's I, building, isn't he? Yeah, he's building and building, and, and his match fitness seemed a little bit better this week uh, than the previous time I saw him. So he's not far away. I, I still reckon they're going to give him another couple of weeks, um, and he may may even be to the buy. Um, but he is really competing hard, looking happy, and, and look for me. That's overall what I want more than anything. Yep. Um, but his talent is coming through very, very quick. 
He looks he looks very much like an AFL footballer yeah. playing in the reserves, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. <laughs> he he he's overhead marking. It was just like, oh wow, well that's really spectacular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm really liking his game. Darcy Parish, uh, I believe, had about did what he had to do. Thirty-two possessions. I think he like he had something like nineteen or eighteen contested possessions and five tackles. That's I mean, that's how you answer getting omitted. Yeah. So it tells me he has a lot of character, a lot of pride. Uh, but it also tells me that we've got to chuck that kid in the middle. Exactly. Trust yeah. him in the middle. <laughs> There's a certain family member who who, who nudged me, who nudged us and, and, and kind of said, well, that's what happens when you play him in the midfield. When you play him in the midfield, yeah. <laughs> so I got the message loud and clear. Yeah. Uh, but yes, that's... but. That's why I mean I wasn't I people who know me on Twitter I and Facebook I didn't really panic when he got omitted because I wanted him to get developed back into his core strength because I thought he was floating around the forward too much and just didn't playing other positions and quickly you got to see the Darcy Parish again of why we drafted him and go okay his body still might needs a bit more work but when he does play that genuine mid role he actually is very very good yep um and won us a lot of clearances, a lot of hardball gets. So all credit so to we're, him. We're going to be doing. Um, sorry to interrupt again. We're, yeah. we're going to be doing a bit more on the VFL, aren't we? Maybe get to as many games as you and I can. We're hoping to. We'll have a look at the schedule because we yeah. we had this crazy idea of actually um, of doing a, a semi live sort of comment podcast. Yeah, just recording some of the podcasts live at the game as, as just, we're watching as it was it. happening. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. I don't know how that works out. But uh, we wanted to have uh, like a week where we had a real focus on the VFL. But yeah. that will come up soon. Look, thanks again. Can I just mention, um, it's insane to us. But this <laughs> week on the iTunes chart, we went up to number three. Uh, the, the, number, the number three ranked third most popular sports-based podcast in Australia. A massive thank you to everybody that um, yeah. that listened and has subscribed. Our, like our subscriber list has gone through the roof. That to put that into perspective, this little dinky podcast that I'm sitting in Scott's spare room recording is more popular. You guys have made us more popular than every Triple M Osterio backed podcast in the country. The only two people that were ahead of us on that podcast is the legend himself in Herdy and Croft's podcast yep. and Howie of the Howie Games yep. where he interviews every celebrity you can find. So a massive yep. thank you to everybody who helped us get to that number three position. It was it was incredible to watch. And I tweeted uh, Ralphie, um, who's the host of the Herdy Croft show, that we're actually thrilled that we didn't, that they're always in front of us because Herdy's uh, Herdy's one of our favourite people. And, Absolutely. And people who know the article I wrote and, and everything like that know I have a very strong passion for Herd and, and, and think yeah, I can take or leave Crawford think but... <laughs> very highly of him oh, Crawford's been fantastic yeah, for him yeah. and, and Ralphie's fantastic for him and the general vibe and the whole podcast studio they have is fantastic and I, I get a kick out of hearing them so I wish them all the success. I will be happy to be uh, yeah. number three behind those guys every day of the week. So um, we're just loving their podcast. We're, we're never precious on any other podcast. There's some great Essendon podcasts out there. We love listening to them. So we just we just do this for fun. But yep. to, to get the feedback we're getting and the response we're getting, we're just generally humbled, I guess the word is. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's great. So thank you so much. Subscribe or follow us. We're on SoundCloud. Uh, we've got a SoundCloud channel. We've got an iTunes channel. This week, we'll be launching our, our Facebook um, site. Yep. 
Which my good friend Grant will be the admin. Yes, indeed. Because <laughs> Scotty's a little bit busy on uh, True the Red Sash. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna just um, but we're gonna get a, a Facebook page. We're gonna pop that up, and it'll be sort of a place where you can give us some uh, your feedback, tell us all about it. Have um, all the podcasts. Um, yeah, we'll have all the podcasts up there and how to get access to it. And um, but the the big one is I think like and subscribe on um, on uh, iTunes. Um, you can also get SoundCloud. Look for Scotty's Twitter account. Um, yeah. and uh, the link will be on there and it'll also be on um, True to Red Sash Facebook page so Gmail um, yep. yeah and the other one Gmail yeah if you want to um, if you want to send us an email the lunchtime catch up podcast at gmail.com um, send us your comments through um, people have been sending some great comments um, tell us what you like tell us yeah. what you don't like tell us what you want to hear moving forward so if there's, um, a, if there's a guest you want to challenge us to try yeah, and get, yeah, yeah. let us know absolutely so um, we really appreciate the feedback I mean like just to, without bragging too much we're in like 43 countries or something people are we're in 45 um, uh, countries now and um, a big shout out to Constant Season uh, he did he did text me he's from San Francisco saying he likes the show so shout out to you shout out to you my man um, thank you to all our international listeners it's crazy that we're in 45 <laughs> countries it, it, to actually have just an isolated Essendon subject matter and being and having that kind of download says how rabid the Essendon fans are we're, and we love it we love you guys for doing it we're a crazy united bunch and I, and, I, and that's what I love about the club and love yep. about the fans and that's what the last five six years that's that's why we're so great yep uh, in some ways the the saga proved to me how great this club is in, in, in representation of the fan base Yep. So, well, I think we're even past almost 74,000 yep. members now, so it's been crazy. Absolutely. Just just a quick couple of shout-outs for me. Just This is probably the first and last time I'll do this. Quick few shout-outs. Rohan De Silva, three people I used to work with. Rohan De Silva, Chris Mather, and Marcus Andreasen, three dudes I used to work with um, who challenged me that they said that I would never mention them on the podcast. So bad luck, I just did. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's uh, probably about time to wrap it up now, Scotty, yeah? Definitely. Uh, so thank you for your support. Uh, we'll be back uh, hopefully this time next week uh, maybe on Sunday or Monday we'll yep. see how we go uh, we always have to organise it with our families <laughs> yeah, exactly right <laughs> this is how basic this setup is yep uh, but thank you so much for being loyal and being so kind to us uh, we 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 love the Bombers and we always have to uh, cheer them on and talk Essendon things. Yeah, it's so. the easiest thing in the world for Scotty and I to get together and talk about Essendon for an hour. So it's uh, it's absolutely something we love and we want to keep doing moving forward. So thanks again and go Bombers against GWS. Go Bombers. Bombers.